0: Hey folks, it's John Edwards, host of the Just a Guy on the Pew podcast, and I'm so happy to be here with you in this first live interview session. We've been talking about doing this for a while, and thanks to our generous patrons, we've been able to do this, to get the equipment and the and the things we need to be able to, to do what we've talked about, interview some of the, the best presenters and, and, and Catholic men in the church about what's going on in their lives, getting to know them a little bit better, and just really um, asking them for their insight into where we are in the world as men today, how to become better men, and really just spend some time getting to know these folks. You know, it, it it could be funny. I've been the guy in the audience to where you see these people on stage and it seems like they've got everything figured out and they must have no issues in their life and and uh, that they must have come out of the womb with a Bible and preaching the Word of God. Well, I can assure you as a guy that spends some time on stage, that's not the case. And most of these other guys would tell you the same thing. So we want to use these interview times to just invite these wonderful men of God on and just speak to them about things that have gone in their life and what they've learned and just try to see what we can learn from from uh, from maybe some of the issues they've had in their life, but also some of the great successes. And I can't tell you how excited I am to kick off this whole thing. Like when I asked God, who do you want first? I just, a smile came to my face. He's one of my best friends in the world. And I was just very, um, very blessed to work with this next guest, our first guest, uh, Bill Donahue from the Theology of Body Institute and from the Rise Challenge and so many other things. Um, I've just been so blessed to have him as a friend, as a mentor, and as a guide in this world. So, without further ado, uh, I am, like I said, if you can tell by the smile on my face, I'm giddy just to have him on here, just to spend time with my friend. But uh, I'm going to bring on Bill Donahue right now. Hey, Bill, how are you doing?
1: Oh, good, John. I'm I'm uh, blessed for your asking. I'm so happy to be part of this as well um it's good to see you brother and I'm, I'm excited to just chat and and go wherever the lord wants us to go so great to that's be right.
0: here. yeah it's also that's what i loved about this first interview is it's like man should be talking to my buddy you know it's <laughs> mm-hmm, not a lot exactly. of stuff planned out but just a conversation of wherever the lord takes us so but bill I, I mean i know a lot of people who know who you are they they've they've seen you on the rise challenge you know i was blessed to work with you on that on the sales mm-hmm. side for a couple of years and um so they've seen some of your testimony there if they've seen the challenge if not they've probably seen you or maybe even gone to one of your retreats or courses up at the TOB Institute. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wanted to start off a little bit by just allowing you to tell people about yourself. I mean, you've got a tremendous story like everybody in life. You've, you know, you've had your ups and downs. You've had your struggles. Um, and, and the one thing that has always, I would say, drawn me to you, like the one thing that I admire so much about you is... You're a person that doesn't just teach something. You're you're not just saying, here's a history book and learn your lessons and go on. You're somebody that, play, that that applies this to their life. I mean, Angela and I have been blessed to have you down to our house and you know just to break bread with our family and spend a lot of time together. And, and I've hmm. seen in you a guy that actually lives out what he teaches. Now, I know you're also a humble guy, so you may get red and may, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> may blush a little in this, but you're just one of these people I've seen that's like that guy – this isn't a lesson for somebody else. This is a journey that he goes on himself every single day and he allows himself to live it. So can you tell us a little bit about just, you know, where you come from and some of your struggles and stuff like that. And then we
1: can dive yeah. into everything else. John. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, first off, brother, I, yeah. you know, I love the ministry you're doing cause you're it's real and raw and, you know, I've been a lay evangelist for probably 20 years now. Mm-hmm. And, um, you're asking questions that uh, it takes a long time for people to come to the, the maturity of. We cannot separate our faith uh, as if it's some sort of job, like we clock in, clock out. And uh, I mean, I came to realize that just through the blessed broken road, you know, that the Lord puts you on, that you can't just say words, you know, <laughs> especially as a teacher, uh, you know, theology professor, evangelist, whatever. Um, this is life. This is just, you know, a job. And um, it's humbling, right, to be on this road. Like, yeah. so, so I, I'm a teacher. I'm an educator. I work for the Institute. I'm a senior lecturer, senior, because of the gray hair, I think. But uh, <laughs> it looks awesome on you, buddy. I'll tell you that. Oh, much. my God. So, but being, being a, a, an educator and a teacher of this tremendous teaching theology of the body, which is all about who we are as human beings, male and female, called to love. Um, The whole Catholic theology of of sexuality and life, you know, how could I possibly, like, just teach it and not have it, like, right in my face? Like, dude, you have to live this, you know? So, for me, it's always been the Lord's put this in my heart, and he's also said, you know, this is for you. And you're the greatest school. You know, you're a teacher, but your school is your family, the family you grew up in. The family you're presently called to, my wife Rebecca and our four children. Um So for me, like teaching, ministering, giving retreats, talks, courses, it's constantly like coming out of the school of my family where the Lord's mm-hmm. doing his work. And uh, yeah, it's been quite a ride. I uh, I praise God for the work that I'm doing. And John, I know you say the same, like for the work you're doing, this ministry, because like it's so interconnected. Um, we can sort of separate. It's like now I put my this hat on. Sure. But, we, you know, if you're going to be real, authentic, authentically Catholic, a man, a man of faith, it's constant, right? So, um, you know, I often say, like, when I teach that the Lord's given us three books in our lives, hmm. the book of creation, uh, the books of Scripture, the book of the Bible, and the book of our own life. And these are all really interwoven, right? So I, I just as a husband and a father for um, 17 years now— uh, I go back in my story. So I think about, and I think all of your listeners, if we're talking about healing and identity and finding out what we're called to be, spend some time. Like, I love your question, John. Like, where'd you come from, basically, right? Going back into our history. We got to do that a lot. You know, we come to a point in our faith where we really take it seriously. The Lord invites us to go back, I think, into our family of origin. And like, think about that. You know, I have you in a place of grace right now, and that grace can go all the way back. To your womb, to the womb experience, you know, to that to that time when you grew up in your family, and your father wound and your mother wound. So, mm-hmm. uh, th- the short answer to your question about like you know where you come from is just um, I came from a family that was Catholic. I came from a mother and father who were married in the church, uh, but you know uh, it was a little bit one sided, and uh, that family when I was a young teenager started to crumble and fall apart. So I'm a, I'm a, a son of divorced parents. And um, when you think about what I teach and what I tell others about the Catholic vision of marriage and family today, um, it's an invitation into my wound. Like I, it was sundered when I was young. So my faith story is woven um, by like, you know, sometimes broken threads and that's all, that's all good. Like the Lord's in it. and I've learned through that, that being a, a son of divorced parents, More empathy, more compassion. I think it's Mm -hmm. taken me on a a unique path of really like the hunger for what I felt as a teenager when my parents divorced. Bring them back together again, Lord. Lord, bring my mother and father back together again. My awakening to faith really happened then, when things fell apart. Which doesn't happen a lot, John. Mm -hmm. Suffering sheds sheds light. Like C.S. Lewis says that. Gods he whispers to us in our pleasures he shouts to us in our sufferings um and i i looked at like where i am today as a teacher uh, and an evangelist is because i saw the wound felt it and cried out to god like can you heal this so now i'm my whole mission in life as a as a as a teacher is the same prayer that i cried out as a 15 year old wow. lord bring them back together again Maybe it's not my mother and father, but it's man and woman. It's it's fathers to sons. It's mothers to daughters. Like, I just feel like, Lord, you you broke my heart and made me cry out for union and communion in the human family, my family. Now you got me on a road that's not disconnected from that. I'm still saying the same thing. I'm still praying the same prayer. Lord, bring us back together again. My own heart, my wife, my children. And then I want to teach others, like, this is what we're made for. We're made for union and communion. And I love John that you're you've got that on your heart too, that it's about marriage and family as the nucleus of society and culture. If we can get this right, if we can be real good husbands mm-hmm. and fathers, then it's gonna ripple out into the culture, right? Awesome. I mean that's that's yeah. just a microwave version of no, um, it, it,
0: it's something from the
1: a... past that's present.
0: Sure, and that's what I love about you, Bill. Like you 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 are a living testimony that your circumstances don't define who you are. Right, like mm. you if you look at your life and you say, "Okay, I, I came from divorce, and I know that we've you've had some other struggles in in uh, yeah. you know in, oh, yeah. in your life that we haven't you know brought up yet, but you've had just like everybody, you've had tremendous struggles, but you haven't let those define you like the fact that you have gone directly into that right like you haven't let it those things those pains those wounds define who you are you said no i'm going to do something about it i'm going to be better than that i'm not going to let that define who i am and i'm going to become who god has called me to be and it's so beautiful like as you were talking i thought man like he's in the place he's supposed to be you know all these attacks on the family and that's what mm. the devil is trying to do in our lives All the time, Mm -hmm. right? He wants to destroy the family. I mean, that's his main purpose. All you got to do is look around the culture and see abortion and divorce and gender dysphoria and and transhumanism and all of this stuff. And it's like, it's all directed at, I want to destroy the family. And there was attempts in your upbringing and in your life, whether it was with your parents when you were younger or or even in your marriage with some difficulties that you've had to go through that You with infertility, if you don't mind me bringing that up. Yeah,
1: we will talk about it. Yeah.
0: And, uh, you know, but you have you have said, like, I'm not going to let that define me. Like, I'm going to be a gift. I'm going to be what maybe I didn't have at certain times in my life. I'm going to be that for others. And and that's what I love so much. Like, that I find so, um, gosh, just, uh, I don't even know the word I want to use. But, like, just so attractive about you is that you just, you say, I'm going to be better, right? Like, I'm going to be different. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let these things control who I am or the direction of my life. I realize that God has a plan for me. And through all of these sufferings, beauty has come out of it. I mean, you have, we mentioned infertility, but you have four wonderful adopted, just beautiful children that are amazing. Like I love every one of them. Like they're my own from just your videos and pictures. But like that, that's the thing. Like that's what speaks to me so much about your story is that, that you haven't let it define you. And a lot of times we see, Men, we get caught up in our circumstances and we kind of throw our hands up in the air and say, well, I can't help it. This is just the hand I was dealt or, mm. you know, this is, this is uh, uh, you know, I can hear it in myself. You know, I, I love my father. We had a great relationship, but there was obviously some father wounds there too. And I see them come out sometimes yeah. when responding to my children and things like that. But Bill, like, that's what I find so, so amazing about you is just the way that you live your life, that it's so genuine and you haven't let those things just define who you are and how you're going to live your life.
1: Well, John, thanks for that. But man, we're, we're all in it, right? I mean, <laughs> sure. thank you, but we're, we're all in it. Like, the, But the, to me, this is the light that keeps dawning. And I just turned 51. Yeah, um, happy birthday, by the way. Thanks, brother. Thank you, yeah. So, you know, half a century. It's pretty wild to think about that. But I still <laughs> feel, sometimes you still feel like that little kid under the father's gaze. Like, still learning, still growing. But I have discovered that through that, you know, that kind of, like, early wound of that, um, the struggles that it creates, finding your identity, finding out who you are when your your family is sundered, um, going through the crosses that the Lord puts in your path. Uh, we we gotta get rid of this idea that I shouldn't be suffering. Like, why is it so hard? Lord, you, you know, where's the happily ever after? Like, I love you. And what's, you know, don't you want me to be happy? It's funny, like we're in a broken world, John, right? I mean, it is so clearly abundant. We're in a fallen yeah. broken world. <laughs> yeah and the amazing thing that we come to discover is the very like the things we run away from sometimes or try to bury or th- or the things that we make that make us bitter like man why did this happen to me and i don't deserve this and i deserve better it's like the lord is trying to tell us look it's a broken world and now these are from the shards of that brokenness i'm making tools i'm going to make these he can do anything right i'm going to use the broken bits now to carve away and shape you into this awesome man i'm going to allow this to happen in my permissive will, I'm going to let this unfold. Trust me here. and I'm discovering this every day, right? Sure. It's like, trust me, don't run from the suffering. That's the, It's the very chisel and hammer that I'm using to make you into a masterpiece if you just trust me. And it's, it's wild, right? We sometimes look, no, no, it shouldn't be like this, right? It's supposed to be a garden of roses and, no, it's not. Where'd you get that idea? Yeah, I think right. I think Jesus said something in the Gospels about suffering and a cross or something. Is there something about it's that. Right. The whole yeah, yeah, world will about, hate you, stuff, and all that. About, yeah. yeah. Something about picking up a cross every day. Yeah, yeah. every day. <laughs> so, right. it's funny. Uh, it's also, like, it's been called the via negativa, right? By the negative mm-hmm. way, we discover the positive. John Paul II talks about this, right? He says, like, we all have this ache for an, uh, a beginning that was beautiful. Sometimes we only see it by the He says like the negatives like the uh like photographic negatives Mm -hmm. where i see the positive like oh but to get there you gotta learn how to love and so every circumstance in your life you know you mentioned the infertility when i met my beautiful wife meeting rebecca was just uh one of those graced moments and um and some some people know the story but we uh i was doing mission work she was a missionary in uh, Northeast Philadelphia, a homeless shelter, and we met over a dumpster. She was throwing garbage out. That's when our <laughs> yeah, eyes first met. Me it's it's a beautiful, hilarious story. That's where we met yeah. over garbage. But um, <laughs> like here, we were getting transformed by the Lord, literally learning about theology of the body, this beautiful teaching of John Paul II. And when we got married, we're like, we're gonna, you know, we we live in this contraceptive culture, this abortion obsessed culture, self centered culture we're like, Lord, we know your vision. We know your mission. We want to, you know, we want to have a bunch of kids and live this vision by your grace, Lord. And then boom, within the first year of our marriage, we're, we're infertile. And again, it's a moment where it's like, okay, hold up. Like, wait, we, I know we're both sinful, we're selfish, but we actually want to live the vision. Like we know your vision by your grace. We found it. We want to live it. Why are you like, what? This is a custom made cross here. You know, I, I, my wife's been dreaming of being a mommy since the fourth grade. And, and we, I can't give that to her now. So, you know, again, there's these moments that, and this is, might sound trite, but it's like this thing, this suffering can make you bitter or make you better. Right. Sure. Um, It's okay to feel bitter. It's okay to be angry. And we had some dark years like, Lord, uh, what, what, like, we want to do what you want us to do, but we can't do it because of Mm -hmm. the brokenness of nature. But, but even in that, the vegan negativa, right? The vegan negativa, the negative way, showing the positive, it stirs the hunger for life more. You don't take things for granted. You know, um, life is gift. And it's like, wow. And, and you get this awareness that, um, again, children, Mm -hmm. you can feel that bitterness, right? Like, you know, we should have children, we deserve children, but they're never to be grasped at. Rebecca and I went through this path, right? Of, no, they're a gift. It's all gift. What we can't grasp, we're gonna mess up God's plan. Okay, it's like Jesus, take the wheel, right? Like the old song. Yeah. Jesus, take the wheel. I, I. and the moment we're able to like let go a little bit, like, "You've helped me before in the brokenness. You've taken me down. The, you, you've shaped me. Let's, Lord, have Your way with me." Which, as you know, John, is a dangerous sure. prayer. <laughs> yes, Lord, have is. Your way with yeah. me. It's like, yeah. watch out, friends.
0: Yeah, he's like, like, hold my like, beer. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. and then but then boom 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 gifts gifts are coming and we have this crazy family of four four adopted children all basically two years apart um and now it's a it's a madhouse of love and and even there like your children are are gifts your children are also part of the tools in the toolbox of your family that shapes you and to becoming a saint so uh yeah, like back to your original question like this can't this life thing mm-hmm. your life with Angela and your kids my life with Rebecca and our kids this is not separated from anything else it's all woven and it's uh if we can let our hands off a little bit like lord every day right what what are you doing here what do you want me to do be open okay and then what let me let me have my way with you sure. i love you and i'm going to make you bigger and better than you ever thought you could be by my grace i'm going to shape you into somebody who's going to if you focus on just loving letting me love you letting me work in your life and your circumstances even when they seem like total crap garbage yeah. nuts like what why i'm going to radiate something out of you a power that you you can't even imagine yet and you have no idea who it's going to touch so that's why i try not to look too much out there but just like okay what are you doing in here <laughs> you know what are you doing through this yeah. what what's happening in this little circle you know and that's (laughs) That's something like
0: I love that you said that because it's something that I've been thinking about the last couple days just in conversations I did did a talk for a conference and you know it it was um it was basically the thing that you see a lot in men's ministry like battle cries and pick up your stuff and run headfirst into the fight (laughs) and what you've what you've just said is something that you and I've talked about so much it's like as men because we want to have this sort of heroic like you know, I'm going to go out and save the day, but we, we place all that on the exterior and we don't spend any time on the interior where the true battle really is. Like we feel like, okay, I'm going to go fight this war, but it's like, what kind of, what kind of warrior, what kind of soldier to use that sort of language are you going to be, if you haven't even won the battle in your own heart, like, you know, won the battle, in oh your own gosh. soul, right? Like to know that I have yeah. wounds, I'm, I'm going to go out and I'm going to to uh, try to heal the wounds of others, or try to do this stuff, and, and carry the flag of of the gospel and of Christ, which is 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 a great intention, but to do that without first like delving into what what needs fixed in here, right? What's disoriented right. in here? Exactly. And a lot of times we do That's that as like, men. We're like, I'm going to go join every like you know uh, Knights of Columbus group and every men's group, and I'm going to fill my week full of everything. Christian so that I can feel like I'm, you know what I mean? And I don't mean to, I'm not terrible knocking idea. that, yeah. but just to do no, everything no, no. so I can go out and like really live for Christ. It's like, no, Christ wants you to know who you are and know that you're his. And then once you figured out those things, you've dealt with those wounds, like with your infertility, you could have easily said, you know, um, kids aren't from me. They're for me. Right? Like yeah. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're for yeah. me. Right? Like I can't have kids, but kids are from mm-hmm. me. And, and that's not what you said. you, you basically said, Lord, if this is your will, like, even though I don't like it, and even though it's tough, and it hurts, and it's not, it's unexpected. Yeah. You got to
1: say that out loud. Yeah.
0: Right, like, this is this is something that we still are all in on your plan, and, and we know that you have something in front of us. So, like, yeah, like, it just reminded me that when you said that is so often <laughs> as men we want to, like, we just put on the exterior and go instead of saying, like, let me dive into my own heart. So, like, how do you do that in your own life? Like, how do you... You know, for men out there that are yeah. struggling maybe with infertility or yeah. being fathers, what are your what are things you put into practice in your life to help? Yeah, really heal that that interior stuff going on before you go out and project on the exterior.
1: Yeah, gosh, John, good stuff. Is that a good question? I mean, or like... yeah. <laughs>
0: Have I, I confused you? Well, I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> no, no. I'm a constant.
1: I'm a I'm a constant student, right? I mean, mm-hmm. constant student. Um, learning, learning in the school of life and the school sure. of the family. So, uh, but one of the things that you were just talking about, like, you know, the do, 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 and I got this and I'm going to make it happen. And I'm going to, um, I was thinking of Dr. Peter Craft, and I know he's a fan of, you know, you're a fan of his and I'm a huge sure. fan since I was a teenager of Dr. Peter Craft and you just got to interview him yeah. recently. I had a little yeah, holy jealousy awesome. there, John. Yeah. I had a little <laughs> holy jealousy. I gotta tell you, he has a sense of humor that is just hilarious. Oh, like. Boy he does well here's my point he said he once said you know the soundtrack of hell the theme song of hell i did it my way (laughs) frank sinatra yeah that's right i'm like dang well that's the thing you know and you may have the best intentions, you know i'm part of these six bible studies and i do all this meanwhile your wife and kids are like great where are you we need you here." like this is the primary vocation yeah uh but i you know and it it can be it can become such a self-reliant thing it can become such like this. This um, look what I did, uh, yeah. you know. And again, we can delude ourselves. We really can. It's it's kind of that spiritual pride that creeps in, and mm-hmm. it's easy to get lost in that activity. But uh, the greatest thing we can do is is that vulnerability, is that open and sure. uh, opening up, and letting the Father have His way. So, how do I like? What are some some ways I, I try to do that <laughs> every day? Uh, I look at the crucifix. we got crucifixes everywhere, right? Our church, you know, any good Catholic house, we've got crucifixes sure. in the bedroom. The, you know, we got crucifixes in the living room uh, by the front door. And I try to look at the crucifix because if, you know, the Vatican II document talks about Jesus Christ um, fully reveals man to himself and makes his supreme calling clear. That's Gaudium et Spes 22, I think. Sure. John Paul II, loved that quote. So I look at this the, this body, this nearly naked body of a man, the God Man, arms wide open, pinned to the cross, letting the Father have His way with Him. Mm. If I if I could look at that crucifix every morning and spend just a few quiet minutes just look, holding a crucifix in my hand, looking at the crucifix, whew, there it is in the very language of His body. That's that's it. Bishop Fulton Sheen used to say, "The crucifix is every man's autobiography." Wow! Take that, take that right, like put that in your Holy Hour. <laughs> And smoke it. <laughs> <laughs> the crucifix is every man's autobiography. So, ultimately, I don't have to look any further. Just look at him. Yeah. What's he doing? What What is he doing? He's being completely mm. vulnerable, and open to the Father. And it might seem like, well, what the? Wait, you have divine powers. You could literally do anything sure. in the world. You could just blast through and redeem the world with strength and might and power and robes of glory flowing behind you. <laughs> you know, yeah. but it's like, he, it's almost so counterintuitive. Like, wait, what That's success, that's a victory. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, there's no other way. St. Faustina said this, right? If there was another way other than suffering, Jesus would have shown us, wow, but yeah. he, but it was suffering. So I look to the Lord and the crucifix. Um, I look to my great mentors like Peter Craft, great spiritual authors like Bishop Fulton Sheen, John Paul II, uh, Joseph, Saint Joseph, yeah. his, his the language of his body, um, his quiet obedient heart, but his strength too. You know his virility, his closeness to Mary. So I look at these other men and their incredible devotion, their intellect, their passion, uh, their creativity, and just like how they live. I look at my own father too, and uh, I know this. You know, depending on who's listening in here, everybody's got a father, and my dad's not perfect. But I look at my dad and I learned even through like the divorce through the, the two strokes he suffered, uh, yeah. soon after in his late thirties, I mean, he was completely immobilized. I look at the suffering of my father and how it took him down to his knees and he's been on his knees for the last 40 years. Yeah, Letting the mm-hmm. Lord like be his rock. And then I'm like, that's it. That's what I gotta do. So I got to constantly. Be in a posture of openness and learning and from that right when i drink it in through my prayer every day then i can i can launch out of that space of, of of looking and listening and then i can start like the doing i can't flip it around like get up and start rocking it right no first just spend time being listening looking yeah um Real quick before we transition, John, to another question. Sure. My grandfather grandfather was like the quintessential John Wayne quiet man. Um, (laughs) And he was a man of very few words, uh, very few words and emotion. And when my dad took on a job at 19 at the same public service gas and electric that he worked at for 30 years, um, my grandpa said to my dad, in the workplace, this was his fatherly advice, keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut Mm. (laughs) that that's hardcore (laughs) right but as i as i go into the book of my life and look at my father and my grandfather because man there's so much rich fertile soil there look at that stuff you know spiritually speaking keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut before the father it's kind of important open your open yourself up eyes and ears open mouth shut don't you know I'm going to do yeah. this, I'm going to do that. This is my opinion. I think this. Hold right. on. Just 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 wait a sec. Keep your eyes and ears open and your mouth shut for a little bit. You know, isn't that Job's experience in scripture? Job is like <laughs> schooled by the Father. I put my hand over my mouth. I will speak no more.
0: That's like, right. That's right. It's
1: kind of good advice. Um I just find out, you know, that like we're going to be more more fertile, more productive, more dynamic if we could first be a little bit more receptive then it's not such my idea so much my idea as it is going to be his idea which is always better
0: sure which, <laughs> always which better. is which is what he wants right god gives us grace but we have to cooperate with it you know that that's the thing right we, we, grace is thrown around so much I actually did a podcast on it the other day the word and we assume that everybody knows what that means and where it comes from and all of that but mm. really we don't ever talk about cooperating with it you know um, you had a, you had a choice in your life in that moment of infertility, right? When you figured that out is I can either be angry and blame God and, and turn right. away from him, or I can cooperate with what seems to be his plan, which has now brought you this wonderful family that, that you, you wouldn't trade for any in the world. I know. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it's allowed you to become the man that God has, has created you to be, you know, oftentimes you and I talk privately, and I'm not going to share, you know, a lot of that information. But I will say you have the same struggles everybody else has. And, and oh sometimes even a few more because of, of the adoptions and things like that that go along. That's with right. Them. Like I said, I don't want to dive too far into that because I know it's personal stuff. But mm-hmm. like you you deal with those in such a way like God has given you the grace to be able to handle that. Like oftentimes when you and I talk, you know, I'll I'll say to you, Bill, like it doesn't surprise me because you do such great work for building up the family through the TOB and just the way that you live your life that it make sense that the devil would attack you through some of those issues in the family and stuff, because yeah. here you are trying to apply this great teaching that you're teaching everybody else to your life. And the devil doesn't want that, right? He doesn't want no, us to no. cooperate with God's grace. No. He wants to throw monkey wrenches in everything. And, and so, you know, you're talking about this, and I think a lot of men, we're at that point where a lot of men struggle, right? Like, I want to cooperate, cooperate with God's grace. I want to mm-hmm. surrender. As you're saying, everything you said, like looking to the crucifix, seeing Jesus with his arms open, being quiet and listening, like those are all things that are hard for men. If you look around at the world today, we have a whole world yeah. full of guys that are basically <clears throat> egotistical. I don't need anything or anybody. I'm a, I'm a one-man army. And really, we're these broken child, you know, children, like, you know, our mutual friend of ours, Mike Bishop, uh, sent me a picture one time, and it had this 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 uh, side view of a, of a guy's head. You know, from uh, and you could see his face; he was smiling like this from the side. But then, in his, where his brain was, was this scared little boy up against mm. the wall in the fetal position. Oh my and gosh! Yeah, I think that's where we find so many men today: is that we want to be these great men. We want to be able to do these things that the Lord calls us to. But like we have that trouble of that trust and surrendering and cooperating with God's grace, um, I mean, look at look at what we looked at in the debate a couple weeks ago. You know, you and I were talking about that for a few minutes before we got on here. Mm-hmm, but here are mm-hmm. two men, like our two choices for who's going to be the, the president, the next president of the United States, can't even have a civil conversation with each other. Right? We've lost so much <laughs> as men that it's become about us and and power and what we want and and and. Everything besides what God calls us to, which you do so brilliantly, which is to be a gift, like to offer up any part of my life for that of another, whether it's my children or my my wife or my friends or anyone that God puts Mm. in front of me. And so, Bill, like, how do we, you know, how do we get through this? How do we become these men that God wants us to be? Like, how do we get past the fear of surrender and the fear of, of 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 losing ourselves because I think that's what part of it is a guy thinks well if I give my life to God I got to give up control and I'm no longer I don't get to do what I want anymore and I don't get to be who yeah. I am mm-hmm. and oddly enough it's like no one knows who you're supposed to be better than God right yeah. but yet we we yeah. refuse that so like what yeah. are your thoughts on that because I mean we're in a we're in a, crazy places oh, men out there today with all this toxic masculinity and everything else out in the world and then when you see the men who are going to lead the free world they're sort of exemplifying this thing no matter who you're voting yeah. for this isn't a it's political crazy, statement man. it's just evidence at right. hand you know um, how do we combat this yeah. and how do we start to turn towards back what the Lord
1: wants us to become yeah man uh, I'm so glad this is such a shallow easy conversation John <laughs> yeah. you, you're throwing me softballs
0: I, don't, yeah, I was going to say I don't love softballs here <laughs>
1: No, like you have three minutes. Go
0: I ahead. think some, yeah, yeah.
1: I <laughs> think somebody said that watching that debate, and again, God bless them both, was looking at two boys with deep father wounds. Somebody yeah. said that. Like we, we're seeing here, um, we, we just have a lot of disintegrated men, men who don't uh, it's hard. I mean, we have to learn that civility, that kindness. We have to learn patience. Yes, we have to also be use our, our virility and strength in the face of evil. Or duplicity we have to we have to be strong absolutely but we can always have compassion and kindness too. how do these dance together we're such a bifurcated world it's like no it's one or the other um mm-hmm. justice yeah. scalia had that great line that's been coming up with the recent supreme court uh you know justice um ginder uh ginsburg dying and sure. the whole thing so scalia's line i don't attack people i attack ideas and that that man, Justice Scalia, could have a friendship with uh, Justice Ginsburg for so many years, an authentic friendship, and yet disagree ideologically like sure. crazy, because there's basic human kindness. I mean, here's the thing. How, so how how do we do this? How do we integrate ourselves and become virtuous men, men of 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 that basic human kindness? I just, you know, as you were talking there, John, I we have these images of men who have the, the armor up and the strength, and that's what leads. And then we have the vulnerability uh, sure. that were, that Jesus exemplified on the cross. Like, It's wild how different these can be. So I had this image as we were talking of the centurion at the foot of the cross. So here's a, soldier, a Roman soldier standing at the foot of the vulnerable one, right? The God-man, the perfect man on the cross. There's the man, the icon for all men, stripped naked on a cross, completely helpless, so to speak. And here's the centurion with armor right? helm, Helmet, spear, pierces Christ. And this is, I think here, here's the secret of life for us men. Like Christ, we have to allow ourselves to be pierced. Mm-hmm. When that guy, let's say the centurion at the foot of the cross is sort of the icon of toxic masculinity, right? He's the soldier. He's the warrior. When he pierced the heart of Christ, what happens next? Blood and water flows down washes over this guy literally i'm thinking of the scene from the passion of the christ remember that yeah. john oh yeah when when yeah. he and he just uh, and he literally yeah, drops to his knees divine mercy washes over this toxic masculinity this guy that sold the piercing jesus washes over him and he drops to his knees and whoa and there's the moment of faith this was the son of god and that yeah. guy's life is wrecked he's destroyed right <laughs> he's destroyed now he literally had divine mercy wash over him literally and I'm sure he took that armor off and the rest of his life he was a humble I would, I can't wait to see that guy's whole story, you know, to learn his <laughs> yeah. name, to find his whole story. Oh yeah. The one who pierced who the one who pierced him and then was pierced himself. So I think yeah. we you know we just gotta say, okay, every day as a guy, where where am I being pierced? Because when what happens when we allow allow our, our manly hearts to be pierced, it doesn't make us weaker, it makes us stronger, right? Right. our hearts get bigger and there's yeah. an access point now so like like real practically real practically come home from work probably still on a phone call or some emails you didn't get to yet or whatever and you walk in the door it's really easy to just keep that thing going and then you see maybe your you know maybe your wife's in the kitchen and she's you know she's got stuff she wants to share are you there are you allowing her to pierce sure. you <laughs> Open yeah. you up and, and and or just like, you know, it do you see like it's so important to just shift and say, okay, now I've been doing today, now I'm gonna be receiving. Yeah. How was your day? And just literally drop it, drop it all, drop it all. And you know, you might be coming from some, you know, maybe you know, you just did some amazing thing, you just had some amazing interview or you just did this great project and you're like riding high, you know, in the eyes of others because of what you just did how productive you were, but there's nothing more productive than the conversation heart to heart you're about to have with your beloved. Right. Like what's more important in the light of eternity? What's more important than you being really attentive and, and allowing yourself to be pierced by your spouses, whatever it might be, you know, the four year old lost his mind today. Uh, so such and such happened. And it might seem like, but I was just doing this amazing thing. I want to tell you all about what I did sure. today. Like sort of beating the chest. and yeah, yeah. Yeah. But it's like, no, that, it's more important to know what's going on in the garden of your your wife's heart. Sure. Uh, by the way, I'm still learning this, right? I'm still learning this. 17 years of marriage, like still, how, how do I really just enter into that circle? Because we're living in a world where there's just all these monologues going on, yeah. monologues, like my monologue, my monologue, my opinion, my agenda. And yeah. there's no dialogue. There's no break. To, to have a dialogue, one has to break open so the other can come in. Sure. And when that other can allow themselves to be broken, you get a bigger, get like a bigger. Sure. Isn't that what we want? Like I I want a bigger, richer, fuller life.
0: What's all going to happen if
1: if I, yeah, break down the walls.
0: Yeah. And you have to, that's the thing is we want to win arguments. We don't want to receive things. We don't like, we feel like, to get our point across or to be victorious in anything, politics or any sort of discussion, mm-hmm. like we have to force our, our stuff on the other end. It's always this, the aggressor, right? With men, it's, I've got to be the aggressor. I've got to be the alpha dog. I've got to walk mm-hmm. in their room and kind of, you know, stand up as mm-hmm. tall as I can get, you know, which is maybe six, nine, On a good name for me when I'm on my toes, <laughs> but, you know, taking that deep breath. You got to beat. That's right. But like, just taking that breath, put my chest out and go like, I'm, I'm the dominant guy in here. And and it's it's just it's such a weight to carry like all that junk. Yeah. You and I have talked about this so many times Thanks in private, just about like I I've, I've put all this unnecessary stress all over myself, and then mm-hmm. we go and we look for these opportunities out in the world to where we can go and do the heroic thing, right? We well, let me go find this act to show everyone what a man I am, and and all of this. But to your point, like we have that opportunity each and every day, when I'm sitting here getting ready for an interview and my daughter Caitlin walks up and says, Daddy, I want you to hold me for a minute. And I, you know, do we go, are you too, I'm too busy, come back later? Or do we take that opportunity? Like, and that's yeah. what's so hard for men. But like like you said in the beginning of the interview, like Jesus never said it would be easy. And he never right. said like, okay, Bill and John, you two are gonna, you're gonna get on, you're gonna have a martyr's death on this day. No, like you're gonna have a martyr's death every minute of every day, possibly. Yes, you know, exactly. If you allow yourself yeah. to have it, and the more you allow yourself to have it, the greater your life is going to become because you start to realize, I can, I can. The further that I that I move away, that I allow myself to be taken away from myself and drawn towards others, the closer I grow to Christ, and and so like it's just. That's what I, I love having these conversations with you because. It is so hard, and I love that you admitted, like, I struggle with this. I teach this all day long. Oh, gosh, yeah. You have spent years in, what, a 736-page book about being a gift, the theology of the body, all of John Paul II's teachings. (laughs) And yet you say, and you have the humility, which I think is also key to to all of this, to say, I still struggle with it. And even though I want to live this, I don't always live this in my life. And that's okay, too. You know, a lot of times right, we build up right. like this. I failed. I'm never going to be good at this, so I might as well quit. And yeah. and Jesus doesn't say that. Like that's why he gives you that grace that we talked about cooperating with, so that you have the strength and the power to do what you're talking about.
1: And John, it's so <laughs> it's so counterintuitive. It's so it, it just seems such a paradox, but we've we we know this. We've heard this intellectually anyway. When I am weak. It is then that I am strong, strong. Yep. Right? when you lay down your life, you will find it. You know, if you give yourself, you'll find yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great quote. I love that quote. Oh yeah. Same yeah. Call, man, awesome. That's what he says. It's My all...
0: grace is sufficient for you. My power is made yeah. perfect in weakness. Yeah,
1: exactly. Amazing. And yet we still try to cover it up, but, and here's the thing. We talked about Jesus on the cross, stripped, naked, pinned to the cross, crucified, like crucified love. And yet, and that that wasn't a failure. That wasn't weakness. That in became strength. Jesus's humility, his meekness of heart, was masculine strength at the same time. Why? Sure. Look at the other gospels. No one has spoken like this before. He speaks with authority. Mm-hmm. Jesus was magnetic, dynamic. Like he, he had virility right. and strength. The same one who you know is meek and humble of heart, uh, also flipped over the the, the money changers' That's tables t- yeah. and fashioned a whip and drove them out. That's a paradox. Sure. But it's because he had the vulnerability, the humility, the weakness of his human nature that he surrendered to the father, right? He emptied himself and took the form of a slave. Sure. He did that. And it's it's by letting everything go, all the glory go, I give it up for love that it's gifted back and he has power. So we're going to have power. Like we get more masculine power and virility, not, not by, you know, picking ourselves up by our own bootstraps and like, I got sure. this, but it's like. <laughs> have your way and and that's what i mean by like that radiant power of of humility and holiness that's so stinking attractive today so attractive to uh to women when they see it in men so attractive to other men when they see it in men that you're you're like that's what i want oh here's my crucifix right here like here it is (laughs) i was staring i was staring at it the whole time like yeah super abundant power fruitfulness virility uh by this gift of self like that's it the gift of self please god help us to become better gifts this way
0: yeah you
1: know it's going to be that's the culture of life the civilization of love that john paul ii predicted and prophesied and it's by us particularly men in our own unique vocation by like servant of the servants of god of our families of our children and then And then taking all that, we learn in the school, the family and like gifting it back out into the world. And it's going to be so good. So beautiful. Right. So good.
0: It's the answer, my brother. I I truly believe you're know, you the one that introduced me to to TOB. I mean, it was such a gift to go work at Cardinal and and, uh, in the RISE program with you. And I I really take when I look back at that experience in my life, I go, this is this is I, I can see clearly a point where I was doing the things I was, I was reading scripture every day. I was going to daily mass. I was, I was going through the motions, but my life really, I could tell you changed in a different direction because of Mm. what you just said. I was attracted to another man's humility and to another man's um, surrender to God, which, and I'm talking about you and, and, and please take that, you know, is the truth. It was in that moment that I said, like, I don't know that I've ever met somebody like him. And I don't know that I've ever known what I want to be like, but it's pretty close to that, and and I mean that. Mm-hmm. You know, you're you're my dear friend, and I love you, Bill. I'm not scared to say it. See, that's vulnerable. I love you, Bill. But uh, <laughs> but, but <laughs> no, I I, do, you. I would say that that the theology of the body, um, and this is not to just plug what you're doing or where you're working for, but like sure. that teaching changed my life. Just and it wasn't like I've never been to a retreat, I've never been to you know a week long thing, right. I've never read the entire theology of the body. Um, you know, put together, but I have been around someone who lives it and Mm. it is such a, and lives it in, in the way that, that it was meant to be, that it was taught by, by, you know, St. John Paul II. So like, I could tell you for a fact that that has been one of the greatest gifts in my life. And if you're somebody that's Mm. listening that haven't, that you haven't spent any time in the TLB and you've been told that it's all about sex and all that stuff, that it gets pigeonholed into a corner. It's not. Mm-hmm. It is about sex. It's about male and female. It's not just about the the interaction. AKA but, yeah, human life. Right, that's yeah. right. AKA human life. So if you haven't, you know, if you haven't spent any time in it, please look into it. I mean, John Paul II, Saint John Paul II was such a gift to us, period. But that particular teaching, I think, has more relevancy in the world now than it ever has before. Oh, yeah. And, and Bill, oh, you were yeah. such a, a wonderful instructor of it. And I want I want to give you a couple minutes here to talk about anything you guys are doing there, um, any upcoming sure. stuff, and 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 just tell people where they can find more about you and, and, and where yeah. they can find more about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, thanks, John. And, you know, yeah. uh, uh, it's not... Thank you. Thank you so much for having me on to just <laughs> uh, talk as a brother. And uh, yeah. it's all mutual, bro. It's all mutual. Um, so our institute... And it does, you know, this is a part where it might sound like a commercial, but it's not. Sure. Everything we just talked about for the last 30, 30 minutes or so, we, we have an institute where we do retreats, so year-long. I'm teaching one next month, a Theology of the Body, one course. I have one in January as well. We teach throughout the year, five-day immersions in John Paul II's thought, Theology of the Body. And it's a retreat. We've got daily mass, adoration, confession. You have people from around the country and the world. We've had over 60 countries come. Wow! to our institute just to the in-person classes uh and well beyond and what we do is we just put ourselves before the lord we we dig deep into the rich theology of our faith and the philosophy but don't get scared like it's all practically applied like what does this mean we break open the word um and i mean i've been teaching for 10 years now uh at the institute the courses i am constantly learning every time i teach i learn something new Every time I give the course, I because you just, you just say, Lord, have your way. Lord, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. And I can't sure. say enough. <laughs> We've had high school kids to bishops, every vocation, every age, uh, people coming on board and just uh, being formed. And I really feel like we're at the center. As John Paul II would say, what we're doing is at the center of the great struggle between good and evil, between life and death, between love and all that's opposed to love. The Lord's got big plans for this. And you know, you you share John being touched by the teaching. It continues to rock my world. I've been intently studying it for 20 years. Sure. It continues every stinking day to challenge me, to inspire me. And I see the golden key in John Paul II's thought. Like, I can't say enough about the teaching. You're gonna need another half hour. Because it, <laughs> it literally is the golden key to understand all the crud that's going on in our culture today. It's all about mm. The gift and sign of human sexuality, you're being a husband and father and a man, a brother and a son. Same for me. Our dear sisters listening, your femininity, what it means. We're talking about the meaning of human life. That's it.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, Bill, uh, man, that's beautiful. And I don't know, you, you, there you go. You popped over to Skype for a minute. You turned into a big, so (laughs) Bill, thank you so much. I mean, like I said, you've been a gift in my life. You know, I love you and Rebecca and the kids and give them all our best, uh, folks. If you want to know more about Bill, you can look up the TOB Institute. You can, you can go to the retreats and things up there that he mentioned. Um, he also is the co, um, what would you say? Co, co-writer co-author. of Rise? Co-author, co-author excuse author, me. Yeah. See, you're so much more intelligent than me. I said writer, you said author. But <laughs> but he is the co-author of the Rise 30 Day Challenge. I spent a lot of time in my life, uh, a couple of years there, uh, mm-hmm. you know, going out and, 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 and helping to bring that gift to men. It truly is a gift. Christopher Phoenix taking it over now. It's part of Real Life Catholic. So uh, you can go out and find that there and really see more of Bill's story and just the wonderful work he's done for men. And Bill, it's just such an honor. I couldn't, I couldn't have a guest on and the first guest and it not be you. It just, it, you know, I, I knew it needed to be us. So, um, folks, if you want to catch more, we do have more of this interview. It's going to be exclusive for our patrons. We're going to be talking about some cool stuff on the back end of this. Bill and I are both fans mm-hmm. of like, Star Wars and the Marvel Universe, and we're going to weave some Christianity into all that, really kind of nerd out for all you guys that are and, and ladies that <laughs> are patrons. So if you want to see that, you can go to uh, www.patreon.com slash Ministries, become a patron. You can do that for, you know, as low as $5 a month or as much as you want. But it all goes to... Uh, being able to support what we're trying to do here, which is have the technology and the things we need to to conduct these sort of interviews and and just to continue to further out God's uh, God's gospel into the message into the world. So we thank you for all that, Bill. And thank you for your time. Love you, brother, and uh, we'll see you real you soon. Too, bro. All right. Thanks, John. Thanks.